Ex-Commissioner Cooey Griffin snug with candidate John Block coupled in demagoguery. A demagogue, a popular leader, a leader of a mob, people, populace, the commons or rabble-rouser is a political leader in a democracy who gains popularity by arousing the common people against elites or those that differ in thought, especially through oratory and written dialogue that whips up the passions of crowds, appealing to emotion by scapegoating groups and individuals, exaggerating dangers to stoke fears, lying for emotional effect, or other rhetoric that tends to drown out reasoned deliberation and encourage fanatical popularity. Demagogues overturn established norms of political conduct or promise or threaten to do so by attacking those that question their thinking. The central feature of demagoguery is persuasion by means of passion, shutting down reasoned deliberation and consideration of alternatives. While many politicians in a democracy make occasional small sacrifices of truth, subtlety, or long-term concerns to maintain popular support, demagogues do these things relentlessly and without self-restraint. Demagogues pander to passion, prejudice, bigotry, and ignorance, rather than reason. Sound familiar? Otero County in Alamogordo is a city divided along ideological political lines in a perceived battle with the liberals of northern New Mexico and the federal government in ongoing battles over ranching and grazing rights, timber rights and directives from the BLM. There is an independent streak and a great deal of conservatism running in the veins of a majority of Alamogordo and Otero County citizens. There is an underlying distrust of outsiders and a definitive distrust of state and federal directives. The irony, Otero is the third largest county in terms of land area in the state, with 6,613.21 square miles. The population of Otero County in 2018 was 66,781, 3.19% of the state total, and ranked ninth in the state in terms of population. Only 10% of the land area is privately owned, the federal government via the military and BLM, the Mescalero Apache tribe, and the state land office own the remaining 90% of the land. Alamogordo, with a population of 31,230 in 2018, represented 46.76% of the total population of the county. Per capita income for Otero County during the last administration was $34,636. Per capita income for Otero County was 83.24% of the state average, $41,609, and 63.62% of the national average, $54,446. The percent growth of per capita income in Otero County between 2014 and 2018 of 8.61% was less than the state. 11.91%, and the nation, 15.70%. Given that a majority of the land mass is outside of reach of the local government officials and given that incomes in the county significantly lag the state and national averages, then it is easy to understand the political culture of the area, and how extremists with demagogue tendencies rise to fill the void in leadership. The most prolific of local leaders to gain national attention is Cooey Griffin, Otero County Commissioner who raised his profile to the national stage in creating Cowboys of Trump and a fire and brimstone style of ideological propaganda that the masses embraced at the local level, at least at first. From his pulpit on the Otero County Commission, he led a variety of conversations and debate from participation in the alleged insurrection to being an election denier. Mr. Griffin gained national notoriety and took that notoriety onto the speaking circuits. His supporters used the pulpit and he fundraised against his trials and tribulations to the tune of thousands of dollars. Not bad for a county commissioner whose stipend for service is less than $20,000 a year. 
There is a fundraiser now online of which his goal is $50,000 and the plea is his removal from office $15,556 has been raised the last 30 days. Not bad for a month's work. Mr. Griffin, possibly seeing the writing on the wall to his legal issues, or possibly just tired of the scrutiny he was under, opted not to run for re-election. Amy Barilla is the favorite candidate to win his commission seat this November versus candidate, Stephanie Dubois. That leads up to the duo of Carl Melton, appointed city commissioner for Alamogordo, and his domestic partner, John Block, candidate for NM State Representative District 51. With Griffin exiting stage left, and his influence waning, that created another opening for a new opportunistic demagogue. The irony, this time, it's not a rugged cowboy actor garnering for attention, fame and fortune on the backs of Otero County citizens, this time it is a young, educated, alleged conservative, LBGTQ duo, registered Republican, who profess Marjorie Taylor Greene as a role model while professing fundamentalist Christian beliefs. The irony of Melton slash blocking out LBGTQ plus couple professing fundamentalist Christianity and Marjorie Taylor Greene as a role model can't be overemphasized. Per multi-million dollar Republican donor and American capitalist Steve Forbes who supports the traditional Republican Party policies such as downsizing government agencies to balance the budget, tough crime laws, gun rights, rehabilitative justice, and support for the death penalty. He is editor-in-chief of Forbes magazine and not a member of the perceived left-wing media influences. Thus, when Forbes magazine of which he is editor-in-chief warns and highlights the demagogue rhetoric and antics of Marjorie Taylor Greene, people should pay attention. Per Forbes magazine, Greene baselessly claimed earlier this week that she believes straight people face extinction within 150 years during a segment on her streaming broadcast that airs on her social media accounts. Probably in about four or five generations, no one will be straight anymore, Green said. Everyone will be either gay or trans or nonconforming or whatever the list of 50 or 60 different options there are. In other reporting by ultra-conservative Forbes magazine, it highlighted the demagoguery of Marjorie Taylor Green and her conspiracy theories to include that a devastating wildfire that ravaged California was started by a laser beam from space and controlled by a prominent Jewish banking family. House Minority Whip Steve Scalise, our law in June said some of Green's past comments were disgusting and racist, endorsing her Republican primary opponent along with House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, Republican California. Yet, Marjorie Taylor Green is who the Melton slash Block duo represent as a role model. Interesting since their role model spouts anti-Semitic propaganda and certainly propaganda counter to the lifestyle of the Melton slash Block duo. The duo seems to be taking their lessons of demagoguery from the Marjorie Taylor Greene playbook and preying upon Otero's citizens via demagoguery, attacking those who differ with them in opinion or thought, inciting their followers to attack small business owners, and even the mayor, when they express a differing opinion to their own. Conservative Republicans, to include the House Minority Leader, the Minority Whip and the Forbes family which are huge Republican donors, all speak against Marjorie Taylor Greene's style of conspiracy leadership within the Republican Party. The Melton slash Block duo reference her as a role model. That role model should give us all as citizens whom this duo represents pause and alert us to the road ahead. This admission explains exactly what we can expect from this duo, demagoguery. Thus, with Cooey Griffin's exit and wanting media attention, this opportunistic duo launched their first act in the saga of Melton slash Block duplicity. Then they went on the offensive via an old-fashioned style of demagoguery, attacking the mayor, 
those that challenge their first act, a young lady battling cancer, and of course alternative media and business owners that don't fall in line with their theology. The propaganda and misinformation of a right-wing radicalized blogger, running as a candidate for a state assembly District 51 from Otero County, New Mexico, John Block, and his domestic partner Carl Melton, has had Alamogordo, and Otero County up in arms and in a teether over a resolution that is a mere opinion piece and carries no weight of law. Mr. Block's radical falsehoods and accusations against those whose opinions differ from his, continues with untruths and attacks. The aggression in their demagoguery may have even pushed them and a few of their followers to the edge and in possible violations of election law the Block slash Melton, big lie. The lawful petition activity in an attempt to counter the the Block slash Melton, Big lie brought out enemies, including a partisan official who publicly encouraged a deceptive tactic and error in judgment on his part. Typical in fashion of demagoguery, those that follow the demagogue often get hurt. Go sign their petition using the name of your favorite founding father. Creative belligerence is an amazing tactic to defeat your opponent, wrote Joshua Beasley, chairman of the Republican Party of Otero County, where Alamogordo is the seat of government. Mr. Beasley later apologized. Beasley, in a county party email dated September 2, said his inexperience as a party leader led him to the mistake when lobbying against the petition. I would like to take a moment of your time and apologize for my recent statement concerning the collection of petition signatures, Beasley said on the email. My sarcasm was a juvenile mistake. As I obtain more experience in this newly acquired position, I cannot promise a perfect performance, but I can promise I have the best of intentions for our county when representing and defending its constituents. I appreciate the feedback I have received from many of you and look forward to continuing to build a strong Otero County. Alamogordo resident, Jeff Swanson, filed a complaint against Beasley with the Secretary of State's office. Swanson cited a state statute outlawing forgery on election petitions or knowingly causing false information to be listed. Violating the law is a fourth-degree felony. John Block, a blogger and the Republican nominee for state representative in Otero County's District 51 furthered the demagoguery in his statements. A radical group of scammers calling themselves New Voices Otero is trying to trick pro-lifers into signing their bogus petition by claiming it will give the voters a choice to vote on the resolution, but they are not telling them that Alamogordo is already a sanctuary city for the unborn, Block wrote. It is not legally the opinion piece or resolution passed has no weight of law, Thus Alamogordo is not a sanctuary city for the unborn, more demagoguery and further evidence of the block slash Melton, big lie. Myers, Swanson and others exercised their right to petition the government. In response, Block accused them of engaging in a fraudulent scheme, even as his Republican chairman urged people to sign the petitions with phony names. Mr. Block then petitioned the city of Alamogordo under a request for public records for any communications to the city clerk's office from Ashley Myers or Jeff Swanson on September 1. Block labels himself as an America First Republican, though his version of a free country doesn't seem to tolerate dissent. Carl Melton, who is Block's partner, is an appointed city commissioner. Melton sponsored the resolution to label Alamogordo as a sanctuary for the unborn. He cried poverty in hopes of shutting down constituents who hoped to overturn his resolution. There is no money budgeted this year for municipal elections, so if this petition receives enough signatures, the city would be forced to take away funding from important city-funded services, Melton wrote on his Facebook page as a co-conspirator of more demagoguery and further evidence of the block-slash-Melton, big lie. 
Melvin's anti-abortion resolution had nothing to do with any city service, but he made it a public issue anyway. His next move was to use self-incrimination in hopes of silencing those who disagree with him. Melton told residents the city government he helps oversee is so poorly run it doesn't have a contingency fund. John Block and his domestic partner, Carl Melton, appointed, crafted a fight within the city of Alamogordo, misleading local followers to believe by implying this is the first step in a fight to ensure abortions cannot happen, Planned Parenthood and other providers cannot come, and that Alamogordo is a sanctuary city for the unborn. In stirring that pot, this, gay duo, with their own slant to fundamentalist Christian values, duped their followers and rallied the public to believe facts that are not true or are pure propaganda. What does the radicalized demagogue duo gain from this propaganda and attack on those that historically supported them? Melton claimed, as reported in his domestic partner's propaganda piece, that I have brought forward Resolution 2022-38 because my constituents are worried Alamogordo had no resolution or ordinance on the books. Protecting Unborn Life This measure not only affirms life from conception to natural death, but it declares Alamogordo a sanctuary city for the unborn. Said Melton. Fact, Alamogordo is not a sanctuary city for the unborn. It may desire to be one, but legally it is not. Mr. Melton is splitting hairs and misleading constituents, when he says there is no resolution or ordinance on the books protecting unborn life. Legally, New Mexico state law governs health-related issues, local law cannot, therefore no local city ordinance nor resolution with the power of law can legally be on the books to protect the unborn life from abortion, as Mr. Melton insinuates. When Melton claims the resolution declares Alamogordo a sanctuary city for the unborn, he fails to educate the average citizen that the declaration has no power of law and is meaningless. The resolution carries the same weight of law as this writer declaring, Alamogordo is a sanctuary city for invading aliens from the planet of Mars. The implication is that Martians are welcome and safe in Alamogordo. When I declare, Alamogordo is a sanctuary city to those from Mars, it would be laughed at as just hyperbole, however when a government body passes a resolution and a seated commissioner goes on a propaganda tour, people want to believe that Alamogordo is truly a sanctuary city that protects the unborn via the power of local law, it is not. Melton's partner, John Block, said, by boldly declaring our city a sanctuary for the unborn, you are not just making an important and necessary statement, you are declaring that those who wish to shed innocent blood are not welcome in our city and do not stand with the values our fervently pro-life community believes in. While again, this is nice rhetoric and speaks well for Mr. Block's fundraising efforts, especially out of the area, as a talking point, it is absolutely not a statement of fact. The resolution is nothing but an opinion. Mr. Block and Mr. Melton it appears collaborated in an effort to place the sanctuary city for the unborn resolution on the ballot. Mr. Melton expressed at a commission meeting that a large number of his constituents demanded action. Alamogordo, Town, News.com has a Public Records Act request into the city to verify. We have a request with date and time stamps of the actual number of requests for action on this issue that was submitted to the city prior to it being placed on the agenda. Stay tuned. What is a fact is that Mr. Melton's domestic partner, Mr. Block has worked for a nonprofit Washington, D.C. based advocacy group called Americans United for Life. It is a corporation that received $3.2 million in income per its Form 990 that states the company advances the human right to life and culture, law, and policy. 
For the filing it spent $810,610 on litigation and legal affairs, through the courts to defend life and to protect First Amendment conscience. All has a combined litigation and legislation strategy, drafting, advising and providing model pro-life legislation to legislators, working to help get it passed, then assisting attorneys in defending pro-life laws. HTTPS colon slash slash all.org slash WP content slash upload slash 2021 slash 12 slash all FY21 public disclosure C. Is Mr. Melton and Mr. Block's intent to have Americans United for Life assist with attorneys in defending this resolution or using it as a springboard for furthering their agenda? Mr. Block has used his propaganda blog heavily to endorse the resolution his partner set forth. He then went on the offense to attack and defame those against it, including a young lady receiving treatment for cancer, the mayor a business leader and this new source and its leadership. Mr. Block and Mr. Melton are partners, thus this past financial family connection to this pro-life advocacy group and the timing of his election campaign, raises the question of did Mr. Melton indeed receive, so many requests from constituents to sponsor this resolution? Alamogordo. Town. News.com has requested copies via an open records request with date and time stamps of all constituent communications requesting this be placed on the agenda. We are awaiting full details from the city of Alamogordo. Since Mr. Melton is opposed to the Alamogordo City Code of Conduct, and all such communications may not be in the city database, this request may lead to further questions concerning ethics and integrity of the complete record of official city correspondence with the commissioner and his partner related to this issue and the integrity of said correspondence. A question the citizens of Alamogordo should be asking is rather this effort to facilitate this resolution as part of a bigger plot at a potential legislation and used as a test balloon using the tools, learnings and support of the Washington, D.C.-based Americans for Life, Mr. Block's former employer? Given Mr. Block, Mr. Melton's domestic partner was employed with Americans United for Life, was there coordination, assistance, financial support or guidance in this effort from Mr. Block's past employer? Why didn't Mr. Melton disclose the past family connection to Americans United for Life and the capacity in which his partner served at the time of sponsorship of this resolution? Should Mr. Melton have recused himself from sponsorship of this resolution and from debate and voting given his family tie and family financial gain, in the past, by affiliation with this pro-life advocacy group? Have Mr. Melton or Mr. Block had any contact with this corporation or any of its employees leading up to the sponsorship of the resolution? At a minimum, in the spirit of transparency, Mr. Melton should have gone on the record and disclosed that his family had financially gained in the past by a relationship and of his partner's past employment with Americans United for Life. There should have been a full disclosure of the relationship that existed and rather the advocacy group had been in any consultation or referenced in any manner with the proposed resolution. Mr. Melton with the disclosure should have recused himself from participating in the resolution vote. Mr. Block when making public comment and attacking his opponents should have disclosed his past affiliation. He should have disclosed his past role and financial dealings and rather there was any contact with his former pro-life employer for support, reference, guidance, marketing assistance, legal assistance, verbiage or financial assistance or other contact concerning the resolution his domestic partner brought forth. Mr. Block should have disclosed he had a past financial incentive to move the pro-life agenda forward. Did Mr. Block or Mr. Melton violate the law? Probably not. Did they leave out information that was relevant to the issue in the debate? Yes, they did. Was their failure to disclose a breach of ethics? 
Probably, this situation would make an interesting topic for a university-level civics class or law class as a dialogue on ethics and standards or codes of conduct and disclosure for the public trust. But now we better understand Mr. Melton's concern with the code of conduct for city commissioners. Attempts to influence the city clerk to quash signatures and ultimately a vote? Mr. Block and Mr. Melton went even further in effort to discredit the democratic process that attempted to bring the resolution to a vote via a petition. On September 8 a request for public records was submitted on behalf of John Block for a copy of the entire petition with signatures, names addresses and phone numbers. Interestingly the signature at the bottom of the request is that or his domestic partner and city commissioner Carl Paul Melton. KPM. Thus, a collaboration and or a co-conspiracy by the two to discredit the signatures of the petition begun. See below. With Mr. Melton's signature above Mr. Block received the data did his analysis, and then submitted his analysis to the city clerk of Alamogordo in an attempt to influence the outcome. He stated, I am passing this along to help you in your validation process. See letter from John Block to the city clerk. His analysis did not necessarily match the clerk's own analysis. Mr. Block attempted to suppress this author's vote with false information that this author is not registered to vote and included a link to the indictment of the settled court case as alleged evidence of why my vote should not be counted. New Mexico state law states, if you have been convicted of a felony, you can register to vote once you have completed the court-ordered sentence of imprisonment, including any term of parole or probation for the conviction. This provision includes federal, state and out-of-state convictions. Mr. Block has gone on the record that he does not believe in rehabilitative justice thus his attempt to suppress votes but only of those that differ from him. But the city clerk was a professional and reminded Mr. Block that he cannot be involved in the research to certify rather signatures were acceptable or not. The city clerk clarified that she cannot even look at his analysis until she completed hers. The question citizens should ask is did Mr. Block really believe his analysis would be considered? He is allegedly experienced enough in government to know the ins and outs of process and should know if the clerk had considered his research then she would have set the city up for significant litigation exposure. He was either naive? Or was he and partner Carl Melton who signed for the information requested, attempting to influence the results of the clerk's audit of which places him, the city and his partner Carl Melton in the crosshairs of potential litigation on charges of voter interference, voter suppression and with other actions, not covered in this story at this time, voter intimidation. In the end, Mr. Block via his propaganda blog released a story that the city was not qualifying the petition and he was rabble-rousing and spinning a story that the petition failed due to not enough qualified signatures. They failed to get a mere 589 signatures he claimed thus why it failed. He released his story prior to the city officially releasing a press release detailing the reason. He ran with a fail-to-gain signatures narrative and still runs with narrative as does his partner the seated commissioner. The truth is the petition was disqualified because the initial steps in the process was not followed correctly to pre-qualify the petition from the city clerk prior to gathering signatures. Since the resolution was non-binding, it never should have been considered for petition, as the resolution has no meaning, other than an opinion, it has no bearing of law. A resolution is not law. The question the community must demand an answer for is what was the real motive behind Mr. Melton and Mr. Block to sponsor this resolution that had no power of law? Who were they in bed with to bring this into the public realm? What was the real reason for the intensity of the fight by the Block-Melton duo? Why the tactics of defamation against the mayor, 
voter suppression tactics and the fever pitch of demagoguery against those that disagreed with the resolution. Why was it so important for Mr. Block to ensure his analysis of voters that signed the petition to vote on a meaningless resolution was on the record? The central feature of demagoguery is persuasion by means of passion, shutting down reason deliberation and consideration of alternatives. Demagogues pander to passion, prejudice, bigotry, and ignorance, rather than reason. Mr. Block and Mr. Melton went all out together for a resolution with no meaning? Mr. Melton sees no sense in a code of conduct for the city commissioners? Was this a trail balloon for something else? What's next as Act 2 in the saga of Melton slash Block political duplicity? Stay connected. Subscribe to free email updates from Second Life Media Almagordo. Sign up.